Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you willing? Hey gents. Welcome to another episode of Apex Masculinity, a high-performance men's coaching outfit designed to help you show up strong in every area of life. Raising the bar in fatherhood, marriage, finance, business, health, and all things manly. Gentlemen, let's begin. All right, guys, my guest with me today is Lucia Dominica. She's a life coach and coming all the way from across the world in Romania. I've been looking forward to this episode all week, and I know there's going to be a lot of great stuff in here. So I'm excited to just dive right in. Lucia, how are you today? Thanks for being on. Hello, Nick. Thanks for inviting me. And hello, everyone. Awesome. So the podcast itself... Um, started about a year ago in my desire to reach originally hurting men that had gone through childhood trauma, abuse, physical abuse, mental abuse, uh, maybe people that suffered through sexual abuse or different things, or any kind of traumatic event where maybe their primary caregiver, like their mom or their dad passed away, or they just had something happen in their life, whether it was a one-time event or whether it was repeated events through their life that really just traumatized them as a person. And it now has them in this place where they're stuck and they know they were made for more, to be more successful, to enjoy life more, to have more abundance, not only in their money, but in their health, their relationships, their peace of mind, their happiness. But because of the things that they went through in their past, um, they're just stuck. And they're looking for answers. They're looking for information. They're looking for tools. And I had learned a lot in my journey of discovery of figuring out why I self-sabotage. And I wanted to give back. So the podcast started about a year ago. And about three weeks ago, I decided to shift gears with the podcast. And rather than just have me speaking what I've learned on my journey, I wanted to start bringing in other experts and guests to come in and talk about the process of personal growth and development. And it's been so good to hear different points of view from different people. And I was looking at your Facebook page and watching some of your videos and looking at your posts. And there's a lot of good stuff there. So I made a ton of notes. I got a bunch of questions. Um, I know that I'm going to benefit greatly from this, and I know my audience is too. So just to get started, maybe kind of give us um, a short bio, kind of a background of, you know, how you grew up and what led you into becoming a life coach. So everything started with just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I was, um, I was telling you earlier this, that I didn't, I didn't think ever since I was a kid to be a life coach, but I knew ever since I was very, very young that I want to help people and be able at the end of the year, so in December, to be able to look back and know I helped this amount of people. That was important to me and important, more important than money, more important than anything else, fame, whatever people may want. Um, and I felt that that would be meaningful. 
and without having meaning, I would not be able to hold on to a career. Right. And I did consider to become a medical doctor. And unfortunately, I wasn't good at chemistry, I admit it. So I had to pass the exam. So I, I knew I would not be able to. And I wasn't focused enough to ask for help um, earlier on so I could get some tutoring and sort that out. But I, I think I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I actually am grateful I didn't go through with it because partially I would have been happy with it because I would be able to help people. But on the other hand, all my gifts and my skills and who I am as a human being uh, makes me a very, very good life coach. And I think once we find that, it's our duty to, uh, to I believe God calls us to do certain things. And if we keep on looking, it doesn't matter. So Nick, you're talking about people who went to trauma. I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what you went through. You can take something good out of it and help others as well. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's actually, you can, all those bad things, God can turn them into something that obviously it's not good that you went through that, but you already went through that. And God can help you if you want to, can help you take everything good from that and help others prevent trauma or be able to go through trauma. And get at the end and and just be in the light and really live not just survive but truly live yeah yeah that's awesome so as you mentioned earlier we we kind of had a little uh a little startup chat just to kind of get to know each other and talk about some talking points and get direction for the show you had mentioned when we were talking that you yourself had experienced a therapy session years ago um what did you choose to go? I mean, because now you're not a therapist, you're a life coach, but mentorship, therapy, psychologists, life coaching, it's all in the same kind of category of people wanting to help other people. When you had your therapy session, why did you go, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I wasn't feeling happy. So, but it was more than that. It was, first of all, I thought, well, you are alive, you are supposed to be happy. But then the problem was that I didn't actually understand how the word would work like because I was feeling tired and I was feeling different than other people. And then later on, not even during therapy, therapy helped me. So I went for two years. Uh, she was a behavioral cognitive uh, therapist. Mm -hmm. uh, with me, she kind of tailored it more than, she, it was a bit different than a classical one, a classical approach, uh, but, and it did help me for sure. But later on, I discovered actually I'm a highly sensitive person. What does that mean? <laughs> when uh, that everything, the emotional side of what's going on in a person's life, in my case, I feel everything with a uh, an intensity that if you are not a highly sensitive person, you cannot actually understand. Sure. And uh, if you go through, if you have this sensitivity and you go through whole life with it and you don't have the concept, you don't understand what's going on, it, it, everything kind of hurts you and leaves tiny traumas. It's not the type of trauma that comparing with what, um, what other people go through, uh, you will say that, yeah, but come on. The thing is that 
it's as you, as I told you earlier, it's like your skin somehow you have like a skin disease and when somebody touches you like even a touch can harm you and you can scream out of pain yeah and uh, mm. this is how I felt the problem was also that I was trying to explain how I was feeling like my needs and my parents no one no one actually was able to understand me support me as I was requesting that was the strange thing I was using words <laughs> with my capacity at the time but they they never fulfilled them not even the words that not even the things that I was asking yeah and that is because they couldn't understand then I mean I don't even know if there was someone in my family who was highly sensitive because if you if people around you don't understand you, you still, you change yourself to cope with what's going on. But yeah. the result in me as a human being was that I was hurting. Right. And as you said, during therapy, I understood that it was very, very, very helpful. What made me become a life coach was years later when I saw that through coaching, you are more goal focused. Right. And today and in the future, not as much as going in the past, but mm -hmm. I have to tell you, I, want, I have friends who are psychologists and there is a place for psychology. So if there is like deep trauma, I would always recommend either go first to a therapist and then to a coach or do both at the same time, sure. because you still need to, 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 to help with that in the past. Right. So you were, so you were, as we were talking earlier, you said you were a highly sensitive person and you were even mentioning not only emotionally sensitive to where things that would just be um, maybe a slight irritation to people for you were really amplified inside of you. And you were also talking about like physical sensitivity with like lights and noises and different things like that. I have a, I have a special needs son that when he was little, um, we would take him to the store, like to the grocery store and all of the people, all of the noises, all of the lights, they were playing the music at the grocery store on the speakers, you know, he would come home and he would just like almost shut down because um, he had like a sensory processing issue to where, you know, and if you're not empathetic to people, you can, you can almost brush it off. Like what's, what's your problem? Like man up, you know, like, you know, be brave, you know, like, this is a trivial thing, but for people that have that issue for them, it's a really big deal. And then you were talking about you were being highly empathetic in addition to highly sensitive. It almost, and then, and you were talking about how being empathetic towards other people's problems and being highly sensitive yourself, you almost bore the weight of other people's problems that wasn't even your problem to bear. Like when people would tell you stuff about their problems, like it was a weight on you because you were empathetic and also highly sensitive. Is that, is that how I understood that? Right. Like when people, yes, it is. Okay. I, and I think once you are highly sensitive, I think uh, it increases a lot. The chances to be um, more empathetic than others because of the fact that you, you understand the other person because, yeah. yes it's what you said with the senses so what you said with your son for example if I go shopping I'm I think I got a bit used with the with the grocery shopping but right. when I go for shopping for clothes and something like that I literally get sick 
physically. So yeah. I feel like nausea and I need to, I'm like, I'm done. I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, that's crazy. I get like that on the cereal aisle at the grocery store. There's just too many choices, you know, I'm overwhelmed. Ah, and I just turn around and leave. Actually, I get like that on Netflix. When I'm looking for something to watch on Netflix, there's so many choices and I'm just like, ah, I just, I can't pick anything. But I think with age, we kind of learn to adapt and cope with that stuff. My son doesn't have that problem now. This was when he was really little, but there are some things where if he is stimulated way too much, like you can tell he starts to get bags under his eyes and like fatigued and stuff like that. And it's a real issue. And it just reminds us that there are lots of real issues that certain people have that others don't have and it's good to be sensitive in a general sense and empathetic in a general sense, because you never know what someone's dealing with. You never know what somebody's gone through or what they're going through now. And it's good to just remember that as we interact with people in life. I want to dive right in with a couple of questions, Lucia. The first thing I want to ask is, <clears throat> now, I, I, I named this, but it's got other names. I call it disorder recognition. And I think you touched on it when you were talking about making the decision to go see your therapist, you begin to be self-analytical and look within yourself and realize, you know what, I, I, I don't experience life like other people do. And things bother me in ways that they don't bother other people. And I seem to be different or something seems to be off a little bit. And I think I need to go maybe get some help or go see a therapist or go get an opinion about what's going on. How important is it, would you say, for us to be self-analytical and really go inside and try to find out, not brush it off, not sweep it under the rug, but really analyze our own life and see what's in disorder so that we can make the next right move to get some help or to get some advice? I consider, so I'm a Christian, so I believe in God, and I consider being saved by Christ is the most important thing. And then the second one is personal growth. Right. So without analyzing ourselves and understanding, first of all, understanding what's going on with us. And for that, we need concepts. This is what we were talking about earlier. We need to understand to have the concept of, for example, highly sensitive person. What is that? If I didn't have the concept, I could understand there was something about like, I felt things differently than other people, but right. not having the concept made it even harder. Right. Once I had the concept, it's kind of, oh yeah. And I, I have nausea when I go in the store and you know what? I, I need to use uh, earplugs to sleep. And I even had a doctor who said like, that's not normal. Where are you born? And I was like, oh, yeah, I was born in capital city. I'm in Ukraine. That's not normal. You should have adopted them now. It's like, lady, I'm not adapted. I'm telling you, I cannot sleep without them. That's the reality. You can tell me whatever you want. The reality is this. The thing is, if we don't have, I am like very stubborn and um, that made me look for the therapist because I felt there was something really wrong and yeah. I needed help. I look for help here. I asked people around and there was no one could help me. So I decided to go to a therapist. But if there was someone in my life and would have said, 
a long time ago, like maybe <laughs> I went when I was 25, maybe if I had someone who helped me, help my parents understand when I was uh, like 12 or even 10, well, she needs a bit of help, extra help. It doesn't mean that she's broken. <laughs> it right. doesn't mean anything like that. She just needs someone else. I can tell you that my life would have been totally different in a more positive way. I'm not saying that, as I said earlier, God can help us turn whatever we go through into something positive. So now I understand people who don't have the concept, who get through, like I'm 40. I became a life coach a few years ago, like three years ago. But um, it's, I, I, it would have been so much better, I think, if I could have done that when I was like in my 20s. A lot more people would have been helped. So the earlier you start with this, the better it's going to be, not only for you, but for everyone around you, colleagues, family, friends, everyone. Right, right. So it almost sounds like there needs to be some key factors in place where we're willing to analyze ourselves. We're willing to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, if something's off, we need to be willing to seek out help, advice, concept to get the concept. Because once we have the concept or the diagnosis, I guess you could say, then we can start looking for tools and life coaches and therapists and people that are experts in that area to kind of help us understand all of that. And then it almost gives it meaning. It's not really something that hinders us anymore. It's just something that we can start learning how to navigate through almost, you know, is what I'm getting from that. Um, when, when a person, when a person is stuck in a place, let's say the sensitivity issue and the empathy issue almost seems more biological um, than psychological, but I'm sure it's a little bit of both. But let's say, for example, you have a person that's gone through some tragedy or trauma in their life and they're kind of stuck. They're not attentive to their own chemistry. Um, they're not being analytical to themselves. And they want a better life for themselves, like they have aspirations for a better life, but they don't believe that they deserve or that they're capable or that they could ever have a better life, a highly rewarding life, a satisfying life. What would you say to someone like that, that is just stuck? There is more than one solution. Oh, please, this is oh. what I would say. There is more than one solution. And yeah. there is a way. And uh, you just need to keep on looking and you'll find your way. Never give up and be brave enough to ask for help around you. So I found my therapist by asking people and one of my uh, colleagues from uni uh, actually recommended her. And it was, it was the first therapist I went to and she was really good. So I'm going to say, guys, keep on asking, keep on looking. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that not all of therapists, not all coaches are great. Unfortunately, like any other profession, right? Um, it's not that some of them just don't that they don't are they are not right with you. Others right. they just don't do their job properly for different reasons. They have sure. their own struggles, or they are not in the right profession, and so on. Uh, but if you find the right person, that is going to change your life. Definitely in a very positive way and in so many ways that you'll be surprised. 
Yeah, no, this whole journey of personal growth and development has done so much for me, just, just with being able to understand, like you use the word concepts, just being able to understand how childhood trauma affects the neural pathways of the brain and causes people to not have self-confidence, self-esteem, self-worth, self-image. And then we function as adults from that place. And we, and, and we can't understand why we can't be successful. But once you get concept and definition, you can give the past meaning and it kind of helps you go forward. So when you were saying a second ago that to never give up, there's different paths you know, find the right coach, find the right therapists, just basically stay committed to being on the path. It almost sounded like we need to expect that it's going to be a journey. It's going to take time. Like you don't find a life coach or a therapist. And then the next day you're completely fixed. It is a lifelong journey of growing, learning, failing. And we have to be okay with the time frame that it's going to take to get to a better place in our head and in our heart. Would you say yes to that? Like that we need to be okay. 100%. With the time frame? Yeah. 100%. And you, that's the thing. People believe they want the, the magic pill, but right. we don't want it because the magic pill makes you addicted to the magic pill. Sure. But if you go through the journey, once you get over, you are talking about feeling stuck, right? So that being stuck has a purpose uh, we don't believe that we take it as like the enemy inside but it's not actually your brain our brain wants us to be safe and there is a reason why it stops us from doing stuff what does that mean it means that you should focus your attention on something else inside before you go to the thing that you want to do so uh, someone is suddenly becomes very very successful and they then start taking drugs or drinking alcohol they were not ready because they didn't know most likely is about the emotions mm -hmm. so they don't know how to deal with uh, intense emotions and that is one of the for i think maybe for the vast majority, we don't know how to deal with uh, emotions in a healthy way. So feeling stuck is not a bad thing. It's just, it says it's a symptom of an issue that needs to be addressed. Right. Once the issue is addressed and it's done with us, not somebody does it for us and we do not participate in any way, it's done with us, then next time we'll be more equipped to deal with it and every time we deal with it it's going to be easier and easier and easier and that is the real growth yeah so instead of seeing those low times and like those discouragement times or those failure times in a negative way we need to look at them as like a, a like a gift like a clue that there is some internal things going on that need to be addressed before you go to the next thing because if you don't address them and you get to the next thing, that's going to explode in your life and it's going to hurt you at the next level. I like that. I really do. Um, I was looking at your Facebook um, page and saw something about settling. Okay. Settling. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm going to ask the question, then I'm going to give an example. And then I want to hear what you have to say about it. Okay. So the question is, 
what is the difference between gratitude and settling? Now, here's the example, okay? Gratitude tells me that I should be thankful that I have a job and that I'm able to take care of my family and that I should just not complain and I should be thankful and leave it be, right? Not settling tells me that even though it's a good job and it takes care of my family, I think there's a better job out there for me that'll have a better schedule for me, maybe even better pay. And I want to be grateful for what I have, but at the same time, I don't want to settle with what I have because I'm dreaming big and I think there's something better for me. What is the difference between gratitude and settling and how do you make up the gap? So to me, gratitude is seeing what you have in your life and be thankful for. And instead of complaining, here it comes of not settling. Instead of complaining, identifying what, what you want differently mm-hmm. without canceling what's good. Okay. So the fact that you have a job and you can pay your bills, that is good. Right. But if you have a boss or maybe it's not the right career, whatever it is, call it, as you said, schedule, it doesn't matter what it is and it's not right. You can try and see, okay, can I change it here in my workplace? If I make some changes, if I negotiate with some people like my manager and so on, and I change it, is this going to be better? And I'm going to be really happy and feel fulfilled and register progress. By the way, without registering progress, we cannot actually be happy with our job or anything else. Right. And if we try that, or we already know it's not doable because somebody else already did, or we have tried in the past and uh, it didn't go well. In that case, we make a plan. And instead of waking up in the morning and like, oh, it's Monday again, I want to kill someone. <laughs> say, oh no, I've been there. So right. <laughs> I'm talking from experience. Um, instead of saying that, we say, oh, you know what? I, I'm grateful. Thank you, God, for, for the job I have. I can pay the bills. I can take care of myself and my family. And please help me because I would like to have a job like. And you, the more clear you are, precise, um, and you know the details, what you are looking for, you increase the chances to find it. And there is also the thing called taking action. Because we want something different, but isn't it easier to complain and yes. blame yes. than actually <laughs> make a plan, find out what you really want, make yeah. a plan and start doing the work, yeah. sending CVs, yeah. calling. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, 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 that, the reason I asked that, and we're going to go back and talk about tracking progress and tracking go, growth, because you just mentioned that. But the reason I asked that question is because I have an eighth grade education and uh, I, I didn't, when everybody else in my circle was going to college or trade school or getting their jobs and learning their careers or trades, I was uh, in prison, not once, but twice, you know? So when I got out of prison at 23, I didn't have anything, no educate, no college, no trade school, nothing like that. And I ended up getting my CDL um, by almost by accident, it, it was a 10 week class. 
a CDL is a commercial driver's license to drive big trucks, like the like the big, big trucks. Um, anyway, um, and I ended up in the oil field uh, and it has been lucrative financially. Like my wife and I did 136K last year. Now for a guy with no education and no trade school or nothing, that's really good because 80% of college graduates in America don't make that money when they get out of college. But the, and I'm grateful for that money, right? I just bought a home. My kids go to a private school. Um, it provides a nice home life for my wife and children. And we have nice vehicles and all that. But the schedule is insane. Like one morning it's 5 a.m. The next morning it's 11 a.m. You start. One day you get off at five o'clock. The next day you're out for a you work a day and a half straight, 36 hours, you know, because the oil field is unique. And I'm at this place in my life where I want, I want structure, right? Like I want to get up in the morning at the same time every day. I want to go on my jog and exercise. You know, I want to come home at five o'clock every night, have dinner with my family. You know what I mean? And like, there's certain things that I, and I want to be grateful that I have this job and I make this money, but I'm getting irritated that this, um, this, uh, this industry owns my life. I have no life. You know what I mean? Like I have no life whatsoever outside of work. So I'm trying to be grateful, but at the same time, um, I don't want to settle because in my heart, there's a small part of my heart deep, deep down in there that says, you know, you can find exactly what you're looking for. And I like how you said, be clear, the more clarity that we can afford what we want, the more likelihood we increase the those opportunities will come to us. And uh, yeah, I'll get there. It's just a little pet peeve of mine right now. But you were talking a second ago about tracking growth and progress. What is that? And what does that look like? So first of all, we need progress. That's like, it's part of our happiness comes from that. It's not reaching a goal. It's taking the steps. Reaching a goal, it's, it brings a kind of uh, enjoyment, fulfillment, and happiness. But there is a different kind of happiness and uh, fulfillment that comes from registering progress towards the goal. And that is important in like, personal life, career. We, we are more aware of it in our career than in personal life. Right. Because I rarely hear, oh, my wife and I, we are planning in 10 years from now to get to this level of depth in our relationship. You don't hear that. No, you don't. Yeah. Okay. But you hear it and people expect this to happen naturally, which doesn't. People who don't invest in it, maybe they are not aware of it. Right. Um, that uh, it's uh, that's an investment. They do it like naturally. They talk to each other. They read things. They share, mm -hmm. and they stay connected. But that still registers progress. Yeah. So you and your wife are making better decisions now than you did, like let's say five years ago. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we all hope that. Um, but if you look at it with attention not uh, the big stuff, but the small stuff, you will see, for example, when something comes up and um, you are not necessarily emotionally ready to, to deal with that, is it 
do you deal with it better now than five years ago? Like okay. saying, or even hmm. that if you were the type of person who always say yes to everything, and now instead of saying yes, you would say, uh, let me check my schedule and I'll come back to you. And right. that this is progress. It's just that once you also take note of it, it helps you be more, have the, that compass, which is very important because you know where you go. Yeah. And that is going to increase the chances for a human being to register progress in more areas and register more progress. Right. Because we all have one thing that it's in front of us and we really need to deal with. And that is important, of course. But there are also things that even if they're not so obvious, once we grow in them, our lives become much better, but they are not so obvious. So right. if, if we are not aware of it, that's why working with a, with a specialist is so important. If you are not aware of it, how are we going to address them? We are not. Right. And we will miss that incredible progress. And it can be like relationships and people get divorced now more than ever because we don't get along anymore. What happened? We don't know. <laughs> That's right. like, <laughs> we don't know, but you actually do know. You didn't, you didn't consider it uh, something that you need to invest time in. You thought it's going to happen, just happen, and it doesn't. So like on a real practical level, let's say you want to track growth and progress in different areas of your life. And we'll just throw a couple out there as an example. Um, and for a lot of people, it's going to be these same things, your relationships or your marriage, how you're showing up as a parent, as a father or a mother, how you manage your money, how you're managing your health and fitness, your diet, your nutrition. I'll just lump all those together, right? Um, maybe your spiritual condition, um, maybe some mental health stuff, habits, different things. So when you pick what those areas are that are important, or you start becoming more self-aware of areas that aren't so obvious, but now they are, and you're aware of them, do you, on a practical level, do you write things down, like keep a journal, or like how do you practically track progress? Or is it just something where once a month you go back and reflect in your mind, in your memory, or once a year you go back and reflect in your memory? Or is it good to keep a journal and kind of keep track of moments of success and growth along the journey? What do you do? Or what would you recommend? What I do as a person or what I do as a coach with my clients? As a person for yourself. In my case, um, I so when I created my uh, goals board um, last year, so is I it did that. Room? Are you looking at it now? Yeah. Right <laughs> but it's private. I yeah. If you want to, I can show it to you because I know I know this is not going to be. Uh, but it might yeah. be. A, oh wow! Can that's you see? Beautiful. Yeah, I can actually. Okay, cool. Yeah, this might go okay. on a YouTube channel one day too. So you never know. So. Okay. No, 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 well, no, 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 no. It's kind of very personal. <laughs> personal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I see. All right. Well, we couldn't. Uh, there are things there that I kind of. Um, I'm not very happy to share them with the world. Um, not, no, that's okay. No, 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 no. no we don't need to go I, can, I can be very honest with this. It's just that um, uh, it's, it's about 
about some of them are about my coaching practice okay uh, others are about my my free time so i even say like i'm going to travel and i'm going to spend time uh, at the seaside i didn't get to the 30 days which was the plan uh for objective reasons and i'm okay with that but okay. i went two times yeah. um and then uh another one is that um i'm reading one book per week okay and that was something different because i'm more some of the books i'm not reading their audio so it's kind of this is just like to to have to see it because as you know this is like literally next to my desk uh, <laughs> and i am taking a look at them and it's a good reminder i would definitely recommend uh, the i hope i did also a workshop on this and I recommend you to do it every day, at least once, if not two or three times, to know that it's at least take a look. If you want to go further than that, write down, literally on a daily basis, and then on a weekly basis, do a review. Like, what did, how did this week go? How much did I come closer to some, to some goals? But sure. I do want to keep uh, to to say this. Uh, the <laughs> the strange thing is that it happened to me, but it also happened to two of the people who went uh, through the uh, through the workshop with. The life changed dramatically. Some of them because of COVID, others because other stuff. Uh, well, I think the pandemic actually had a huge influence, not necessarily directly, but indirectly. Mm -hmm. So we made all these plans, and then instead of being bitter that we are not going to reach the goal it's important to take a look what was important to me at the beginning of the year is it still important to me or which part is important to me or uh, what what is the priority now and why and be okay with that sure. instead of being rigid with a plan that no longer uh suits you right i like that and just so you know, I didn't I didn't see everything on the board there, but I thought that was really, really attractive what you had built there because it almost looked like there were pictures and stuff. And it was like there a are row, pictures, like a row of four on top and then yeah. uh, maybe six or so down. And it was just goals and ambitions, things that are really important to you that every morning you wake up and you go look at that and it's staring you back in the face, reminding you that not only are these important to you but you're going to get them like you're going to get there to whatever those goals are and uh man i need to get something like that see i have a notebook and i write in it um things that i'm trying to build habitually so habits that i'm trying to form because i'm really big on habits i think habits set a precedent for not only the day but for your life um, but everybody has their own unique way of doing that. And I thought that was really cool that you had that up there like that. So let me jump on if I can here. Um, I was reading on your Facebook page there, something about the positive impact of personal growth and development. And some of the things that kicked off you had on there were health, relationships, work, inner peace, satisfaction, self-esteem, self-worth. But you had also said on there that one of the greater impacts of our personal growth and development, including all of these things that are important to us, one of the more important things is we are now able to impact other people as we grow 
in our personal growth and development. Not only do we get the things we want and see the growth that we want, but we actually get to a place where we are now able to help others get to where they want. Can you speak on that? It's like you, you found something. So you are dealing with something difficult. You found the solution. Would you just keep quiet or would you share it with everyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And everything that you invested in yourself, because you said that you were very much investing in your personal growth. It's like you felt that it was growing inside of you and you wanted to, to, to help others with what you learned because you knew what was the impact in your life. Yeah. Which is the proof that God did put in us a lot of desire for good and for light. Yes. And he, we have that desire to share and help others as well. So it's, it's important for us to grow not only because, you know, they say self, self, uh, self-help. Well, it's not that my self-help. Um, it's um, self-help to a point when you can help others. And when that point is going to come, naturally, you will want to help others. Just allow yourself to do it. Yeah, it's a wonderful feeling to meet somebody, whether it's at work or at church or anywhere on the street and they're going through a situation and you're not so consumed with your own problems that you're not attentive to other people's hurts, but you're actually far enough on your journey of personal growth and development where you, you're, you know you're not perfect, but you're getting a handle on things. You know, you feel, I don't want to say in control, but you feel like you're you're on a trajectory of winning and succeeding in your own life. And it almost allows you to keep your head up and your eyes open and recognize the hurt in other people. You know, I've met people where they, they didn't even tell me they were hurting. You can just tell it's in their eyes. It's on their face. It's in their body language and their mannerisms. You can tell when people are hurting but when we are so consumed with our own problems and our own depression, we can't see that in other people because we're consumed with our own. But when we're gaining traction with our own growth, we can see it on other people and be ready instant in season to offer hope to those people, you know, and I've had some really great conversations with people where I'll be very transparent and we might, I might ask your opinion on this too. Um, being transparent with people about my own problems and not trying to seem like I'm perfect really helps people be comfortable enough around me to open up and share their own problems because they know I'm not perfect and they know I'm not going to judge them. And if I'm willing to share my mistakes and my failures, it makes them comfortable enough to open up and share their own. And then I can share with them some hope some encouragement, you know what I mean? To, you know, to, to, to pick them up and get them on their feet. When you talk to people and you coach people, do you, are you transparent with like some of the struggles that you've had in your past and stuff? Like, are you really transparent with people? No. And the reason is I, I do that with uh, sometimes in my videos uh, and uh, in my 
uh, in my post. And I, I'm going through something right now. Like it's very, very difficult. And what personal growth did for me was that I can, I literally can, I know I'm okay. So there is a part of me that's okay. I can do my job very well. I can have a conversation with someone. I can, as you said, if, if you know someone is hurting, you can, I can, even if I'm hurting too from my own personal situation, I can still be 100% there for that person. Yeah. And at the same time, I, I can create that space for me to allow myself to feel what I feel and right. go through it with my therapist, uh, with, um, uh, with myself um, and journaling. I, for the people who need that and works for them, it's very, very healthy, especially if you handwrite, uh, but also you can record yourself uh, video or audio. If people don't feel comfortable to keep that recording, they can delete it. But whatever it is to help yourself to deal with it, it's very important. Why I'm not doing it as a coach? Because it's not about me. Okay. It's 100% about my clients. And that it's one thing if you really want to be there for a person. Yes, it does help to be open. But right. when the other person starts talking about themselves, don't ever make it about you say like mm -hmm. oh i went through something no you didn't you went through <laughs> something similar yes but you have no idea how that person feels like sure. and if you take that focus from yourself from that person and put it on yourself you miss a lot of details you interrupt okay. the person uh you if you want to interrupt the person it is possible recommended not to but if they they go in a circle it's good to interrupt them but right. you do it with the purpose of them to be more precise to give more details to help them right so that is something in a friendship is something different it's like in a way, and you, we have the feeling that it's okay to do that because then we, we have the, the, the feeling that that person is going to relate better with us. It depends on how you do it and when you do it. Uh, it it's important even as friends to be mindful of that. When somebody's going through really something really, really bad, it's like, oh, I'm going through a divorce. My wife, my husband, uh, wants to get a divorce it's like oh I want to a divorce so you get over it <laughs> so, something like that no it's not like that you don't know what that person feels like maybe their spouse cheating on them or maybe their spouse is not communicated what's going on you mm -hmm. don't know what's the issue so it's good to listen 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 right. and find out from what they say how you can support them if you still don't get how don't know how to support them ask them so what is what can we do now what will help you yeah the more information you get the better you can deliver a solution to help them get get on with it sure awesome so i got a question for you as a grown-up as an adult is it okay to dream i don't mean of course i don't mean when you sleep i mean i know yeah okay you have to it's like come on if you don't it's, who said that uh if you don't have a if you don't have it in your mind, you cannot create in reality. Somebody said that okay. oh, in different words, but that's the point. Um, and I think Abraham Lincoln said, like, if you decide that you are, you are going to do it, then you are going to find a way to make it happen. And again, it's not the exact, exact quote, quote, but 
it's um the thing is that you need a dream you need a dream and the dream has to be big enough to to make you scared but also make you feel excited and it's okay if we are not used to that because we never let's say it's this is the case we never achieve something that it's crazy and i am seems impossible um start small they yeah. start like if your dream is i don't know get your driving license because for some reason you are uh, you you are too uh, nervous and some for some reason you don't get it like set like set that dream that you are going to pass it your next time is going you are going to pass it or and you already see yourself driving and you can think like a crazy car like i don't know rolls royce something that is really oh sorry for the am i allowed to say that well, you can, yeah, yeah, you can edit it if it's like, okay, so whatever it is, the brand that you feel like very, uh, how to say, that this is something I really want to drive this, and you can either find someone who is going to allow you to drive it for half an hour or something, or rent it, or something that <laughs> okay. is like, that is going to motivate you to do stuff. I did things that uh, people would say like, oh, this is crazy. And it's like, how are you really going to do it? And uh, I did them. So, it, and it was because I had the dream and um, another quote that I really like and I kept for a longest time and I, I haven't found uh, the person who said it is make your vision so clear that your fears become irrelevant. Nice. And yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those quotes that I keep uh, written. And I think it's important because once you, once you have that in your heart, once you know you that vision is clear, it's not in details, it's not only that your fears become irrelevant, it's also motivating you to keep on going. Did you say make your vision so clear that your fear becomes irrelevant? Or your fears become irrelevant. Fears. Okay. I don't know exactly no. how it is your original. No, I like that, man. For for like for dreaming big, you know, my my boss, and I love this guy. He's good to everybody. And I'm not just saying that because he listens to the podcast every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he took everybody out to dinner the other night and said we could bring our families. Um when when he got here, and I don't know how much you know about the old fields, but it's very cyclical. Um, when the price of oil is high, it's busy. When oil, when the price of oil falls, this place shuts down. It's almost like a ghost town. It can be, you know. And uh, when he got here 10, 12 years ago, he lived in his car in the Walmart parking lot. You know what Walmart is, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know if you have something like that in Romania. But um. The, guy, the, the car repo guy was trying to come and get his car to take the car back because he hadn't made the payments. And he was at the bottom, but he had a dream. He had a vision, like a dream. He wanted to own his own business. He wanted to be a part of something. And he still says it, bigger than me. I want to be a part of something that's bigger than me. And he went through a lot of ups and downs. People did him wrong. People took advantage of him, um, downturns in the market and everything. But now we're at a place where, I mean, on paper, he's a multimillionaire. You know what I mean? Like he owns a lot of equipment. He's got a lot of guys that's working for him. 
our company is growing exponentially. And, uh, but 10 years ago, it was just a dream. You know what I mean? And uh, he let the dream consume him to the point where it became his focus. And I really like that. Make the vision so clear, your fears become irrelevant. And that's kind of what I see with what he's built for our company. So then I guess if it's okay to dream, then it's okay to pursue those dreams, right? Obviously, we don't get to a place where we're grown up and we say, well, I got a family now. I can't do that. You know, I can't build that business or, you know, I've been single for this long. I can't get married or, um, you know, or just whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? Whatever example you want to give to it or whatever. But it's okay to pursue dreams as an adult too, right? We don't have to be like, uh, no, I got to be responsible. You know what I mean? Like we can we can dream big and go get those dreams, right? Yes, and there are two things to consider. So when you have a family, it's like what kind of, um, you know, children learn more from what we do than what we say. Sure. Ideally, what we say should be in... <laughs> Yeah, ideally what we say should be in, in sync with what we do. If that happens, that's amazing. And please do good things, not bad. Right. Uh, but if, if they will look at something, they're not going to be looking at your words if they need to choose between the two. So yeah. they will look at what you do. So if you say like, oh, my sweetest son, my sweetest daughter, you can do whatever you want. And they look at you and they see that you settled for a job that you don't like or that consumes you or that is not according to what God put in you to be because he he doesn't make mistakes we are all amazing and we are all we are all great and um, we all bring something that is really unique and God said for us to do that for each other which means that we need each other which means that I need your gift, you need mine. I need the gift of someone who lives in Japan. And the person who lives in Japan needs the gift of someone who lives in, I don't know, South Africa or Nigeria and so on. So it's once we see that and we see that it doesn't matter the age, we are a role model, especially if we have children. If we don't have children for our nephews and nieces or for our neighbor's kid or whoever it is yes, isn't it amazing if your neighbor's kid sees that the neighbor who is as you said with your boss slept in the car well, let's say not it's a neighbor so it doesn't sleep in the car right. <laughs> has this house and it's very small and they have they don't even afford a car well in the states probably you have to have one but let's say you don't you don't even have your own car and so on and then they say like this person made it and got to the point where they can send their kids to private schools if they want to go or travel through the world or whatever doesn't he going to or she going to say like i can do it i yes. saw this person doing it i yes. can do it yes and that, that's actually the fourth note that I have on there is, does, does achieving our dreams help only us or those around us? That was the very next question I was going to ask you, but you already touched on it right there. For me, I want to achieve my dreams and my ambitions, and they're pretty lofty. I have some lofty ambitions. Sometimes I ask myself, like, am I, am I being responsible to dream so big, you know, but 
when I achieve those dreams and those aspirations, my children do see that what I've done is a possibility for them. Like I'm setting a precedent and an example for them on what they can expect for themselves as they grow up into adults. You know what I mean? And just as a side note, you said travel. Traveling is really easy to do in Europe because all of the countries are really small yeah. and they're all close <laughs> together. Do you have, um, I don't know how COVID has affected um, um, your side of the world, but in your past, maybe before COVID, have you done a lot of traveling? Do you like to travel? Not a lot, but I like it. The farthest I went to New Zealand and I spent three weeks there. Mm -hmm. um, and, but then like a few countries uh, in Europe, I lived in, um, in London, UK for three years, um, had a job and everything, like truly lived there. Uh, wow. But I also traveled to a few countries uh, in Europe. Uh, hopefully, once the COVID is over, mm -hmm. I'm going to. Um, I work with clients online, and the reason why I do that is one, I want my clients to be 100% comfortable. If they want to be in their pajamas, sure. as long as they have clothes on, I'm happy. <laughs> oh my gosh! Should I get some clothes on? You didn't say anything. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. We're both very dressed. Up. No, like really shorts, and if, if a person feels happy in like i don't know wearing like a tank top or whatever is in their house and it's totally fine and they should do that plus you save the commute and there is another thing you find the coach that really fits you you don't have to be restricted by the commute like it has to be in my city no it doesn't you can find him in on a different continent if you want to yeah or her but also uh, the other reason was that I want to travel. So I, I, if I have the internet, like internet connection, I can work with my clients from anywhere. Okay. So it's, this was one of the, these reasons were uh, the main reasons why I, I only have one client that I work face to face with. Okay. Uh, because she's 11. <laughs> what? 11 years old. Oh, okay. So it's the only client that I have so young, yeah. uh, but except for her, uh, everyone else, uh, I, I work online and it's, um, and sometimes workshops I do online, other times face to face, if I have some, uh, some people requested here, but again, mm -hmm. if you have a dream, like I want to travel and I also want to have a career because you find, you can find ways, um, how to say it creative ways to travel and spend little money. Yeah. I heard of people who did that. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you want to have a career and that's important to you and you also want to travel, I guarantee you, if you think about it long enough and ask people around, always, always ask for help. You will get more done and better if you ask people around than if you think with your own mind. Uh, who said that? Uh, more minds is always better than one. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. So life coaching and mentorship is really big in the United States. And I think Tony Robbins really pioneered that work, maybe Zig Ziglar before him. But it's a big deal here, almost to the point where it seems trendy. I don't know if you're familiar with that word. It's trendy, like it's a fad, something people are doing just because everybody else is doing it. But is personal growth and development, life coaching and mentorship a big deal in Europe, Eastern Europe? 
not as much. It started, um, but not as much yet. I was trained in London, UK, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not restricted to my country to coach people right. because I do it online. Sure. Uh, but yet, even here, people will start understanding that it's more important than financial investment. Even if it sounds like crazy and it's like, oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's more important than that. Of course, because if you get life coaching and you fix yourself, the natural effect of that is you make more money. I've seen that in myself. When I started my journey of listening to life coaching podcasts and reading the books, I was making $15 an hour um in san antonio texas living in an rv a really small trailer with my wife and kids and i had made more money in my life prior to that but i was just kind of stuck there and once i started to grow just personally internally my finances just grew with me because i'm i'm becoming a more responsible more proactive more thoughtful you know uh, person to yeah so no that's good um, so getting back to, here's one thing. I don't know if you see this where you're at, but I'm not even keeping track of the time. I'm sorry. Um, do you need to go? Uh, no, it's, um, you have a few minutes. You have a few more minutes. Okay. I have. You have time. Okay. Um, so one struggle I have with people is <clears throat> they'll tell you their problem. All right. You meet somebody at work, you meet somebody out on the street, somebody in your family or whatever, and they tell you. I'm struggling with alcohol, or I'm struggling with depression, or I'm struggling with pornography, or I'm struggling with, um, I don't manage my finances well, I'm impulsive in my spending, whatever the problem is. And you tell them, hey, I know this podcast. This guy talks about impulsive spending all the time. I'll send you the link. And they kind of look at you like, podcast? personal growth and development like what is that do you does that like almost like oh like you just you want people to understand that there's help out there but they don't believe in it they don't see any value in it or I don't know what the problem is but do you do you find that with people where you suggest life coaching or you suggest a book to someone and they just kind of blow you off they don't take it seriously I can happen. Um, what I know is from coaching. I've seen it with clients. Even so, if a client comes to me and is ready to pay, it means that they are ready. They are committed. They want to do the work. Right. What I do with my clients is like I ask their permission to share if I notice something. And uh, it's um, yeah, it's. Even this happens that they you you I share and it's like I see that for example I I've seen this pattern because you mentioned it now you mentioned it like three sessions ago and you mentioned this and I described the episode and so on and uh, the clients like like uh, you that's I prepared them at the beginning I said like if this has any you feel you want to uh, to talk about it once I share that's okay. If you don't want to talk about it, that's okay. It's mm-hmm. whatever you feel, just feel comfortable to do what you feel is right because that's what's right. 
and uh, it happened in some occasions that they were like, oh, yes, and this was like a light bulb moment. But there were also many times when it was literally, it did not resonate. And we sometimes I see that they are going in circles. Right. But you know what? It's totally fine because every person has their own rhythm. Okay. If they are not ready, so I'm mentioning about clients because, as I said, they are already committed, they are paying the money, and they are still not emotionally and mentally ready to deal with that thing. They don't see it. It's like you hold something in front of their eyes, and you say, this is an apple. You can eat it. They are hungry, and they are not going to eat it. They are literally going to start saying, like, I'm so, so hungry. I have nothing to eat. It's exactly like that. And the our job as coaches and everyone who is committed to this work is to be patient okay. and go in their own rhythm and not push it. If there is something we can do, uh, when I work directly with clients, it's different. But let's say someone on the street or a family member or a friend, uh, I may say, like, can I share something? And if they want me to share, but they also know that if they say no, I'm going to drop it, literally say nothing about it. But if they want me to share, then I share it. And I have, I, I don't have expectations anymore. It would be great if they would take it. But if they're not ready, even if they, for, they will say like, yes, I'm taking, I want to. But if it doesn't resonate, they're not ready and it's not, not going to stick. That's the thing. Yeah, they need to have their wake up call first. So I have, um, <clears throat> like a dozen more questions for you i'm gonna gonna narrow it down to like four just real quick because i know we're racing up against the clock and i'm and i know it's getting late where you are too and again i'm very thankful that you agreed to come on i love getting different opinions and different feedback from people in this genre of life coaching and personal growth and development because i get something good out of it every time so just real quick we'll run through these kind of more quick quickly i guess but um when a person is planning and thinking and you know they know there's something wrong they're ready to they're ready to take action i guess or they think they are but they stop short of taking action and you may have just touched on it already but what causes a person other than maybe just being patient with them, is there anything that we can do to get them past the planning and the thinking stage to the taking action stage? Is that just something they come to on their own? They have to get there on their own? Or is there something? It depends depends on the person. So what I would say is like, take the smallest action possible. And once you see the results, that's going to act actually help you motivate your next step and so on but if it's something that is more we were talking about the thing that it's um i'm blocked because and there is a trauma that blocks me that needs to be addressed not with a life coach but with a psychologist a good life coach would know uh when to advise a client to address it with a psychologist sure and uh that is important so yet the smallest action so if we start taking action 
uh, and just see the change. Some people are very good with that. It depends on the personality. So some people, once they see results, they don't want to go into the drama and they don't care. It would be great if they would, but yeah. <laughs> it's still good if they if they choose to move forward and take that small action and then the next step and the next step and the next step. And then once they see that their lives change, they have even more confidence to take even more action. More confidence and more evidence that this works and they're motivated. Yeah. I like it. So let's say someone starts the process, they're past the planning and the thinking stage. They're not only consuming content on personal growth and development, but they're now taking action. They're taking baby steps. And as they start, they stumble. They have a failure or multiple failures. What would you say to someone? Because I know there's people out there that when they fail, it's like a big letdown for them and it makes them want to quit and give up. You know what I mean? They see the failure as an evidence that they can't succeed and they shouldn't try anymore. What would you say to encourage somebody as they start their, their process of personal growth and development when they have those failures to not give up and to keep going? What would you say to someone like that? First of all, there is no success without failing. I like it. So it's and not failing once, not failing twice, but failing uh, more. The thing is, once you fail, that is just a way of, like Edison said, that was a, a way of not inventing the light bulb. <laughs> it's just, it's not failing. Uh, for us, it's more like, okay, what do I learn from this? So next time I'm doing better. Yeah. And once you do that, I guarantee you, you will strike success. And you know, why not fail? What's the deal with failing? Fail miserably fail and laugh about it give yeah. a party for failing it's okay <laughs> i love it right because failing means you're trying right you are doing something yeah, for sure and you will learn like if you plan the learning you will be there faster but even if you don't plan the learning if you are paying attention you will still learn yeah yeah no, I like it. I actually have Edison wrote down in my notes as an example, because that's in that book, Think and Grow Rich, where like he, I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of times he tried to get that light bulb to work. But every failure wasn't a failure. It was a scientific discovery on what doesn't work. And that's how he saw that. And that's how it helped him. So two more questions and we'll wrap up. The next one is, how do shame blame and guilt rob us of our growth and the reason i asked that I, I did see it on your post but it is a huge one for me shame and shame and regret for me can when i think about see like i told you in the beginning i went to prison twice i spent eight years mainlining methamphetamines like i was not a good person and i was not in a good place and that's in my 20s, you know, and I'm in my 40s now. So it's far enough away to where I should be like, okay with it, but still it haunts me. And whenever I try to mount the courage for personal growth and development, there is a voice deep down in there that will remind me of everything wrong I've ever done in my life. And it will try to convince me that that's who I really am. How does a person not let shame, regret, and guilt paralyze them? 
first, let's see what those things tell you. Shame, blame, guilt. They all tell you that it's something that is not okay. What does that mean? Maybe it's better not to repeat them. Right. But leave it to that. Leave it to what is helpful and not give it more strength or more power over you. And I, as a Christian, would say, like, when you go to Jesus and you repent for what you did and Jesus gives you a new life and you say, oh, actually, I don't forgive myself and I'm stronger than God, so I don't forgive myself. Uh, it's, it's not that it's easy because those things come. They, so the, the purpose is a good one. And the purpose is to help you be safe. Bringing it back again and again is just, please don't do it again. That's the message. Yeah. But if we, instead of just getting that message and say, thank you for the message, and, and now I'm letting you go, yeah. we, we use it to torment ourselves. What good is going to get out of that? Right. All that energy that we waste with blame, shame, guilt, mm -hmm. it's, taken away from the yeah. time that you spend with your kids, the time that you spend your wife, the, the time that you spend on building your dream. Yeah, no, I like that. The shame and the regret are actually robbing you of your journey to grow. And I've never even saw that that way. I've never even thought about that like that. And that might be the one nugget that was really meant for me out of this conversation that you and I have today. Because those things, I mean, all of it was good, obviously, but that's a big one for me because I have a very mired past. But um, just lastly, real quick, um, what are you reading right now? Whether it's audio, <laughs> whether it's audiobook or actual, you know, copyrighted paper, what, what, what are you reading now? And the, you said you're reading a couple of them. What are you really enjoying right now of the three? Or four? Uh, I like all of them. So um one is uh, I got a training in um, giftedness, like helping people uh, discover their gift abilities, what God put in them okay. and um, be able to see how that can uh, help them identify their career path and also how they deal with relationships and in general things. And I offered as a volunteer to mentor uh, students and I'm going to work with the student. Uh, and I want to finish it before we start working together. And then uh, there is another book, uh, it's um, on focus. So attention, how to, how to become better with that. And uh, there is another book that is, um, is a Christian book. It's called, uh, it's called God's Space. Uh -huh. and, um, and I think it, oh, and the last one that I, I want to listen to it again so right now i'm listening to another one it's by john maxwell um but the one that i want to listen again it was about 100 ways to motivate ourselves by steve chandler okay i like that i can share it it's on youtube uh it's an audiobook uh i liked it not because i don't motivate myself but it has a lot of ideas there and they are very uh shortly presented and it's like in a very powerful way i really enjoyed that one so yeah yeah i i, I gotta apologize because this would be the part of the show where i would like thank you for the interview and tell people how they you know you tell us how people can get a hold of you and stuff 
but I have one last question that I got to ask you. And this is, this is a big deal for me. Um, when you started getting into personal growth and development, was there ever a time where you felt like the principles that you were learning conflicted with your faith in Christ, where almost like you had to leave one to embrace the other? Or have you been able to balance both biblical Christianity and life coaching, personal growth and development in a way to where they mesh together? If you look for that, you'll find it because uh, I heard pastors saying, what are you doing with personal, like being a life coach? This is, is this Christian, like, are you really uh, serving God with it? So I heard, I had actually a discussion with the pastor about that. And I said, like, you know what? I'm really actually helping people. And um, I am a Christian, but I don't bring my faith in uh, my coaching sessions unless my client does. Sure. So if my client does, and then I say, like, do you want to go on this route? And uh, do you yeah. want to keep this door open? And you want, and, and I actually, mm -hmm. I work with people who said, yes, 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 please. Mm -hmm. And others, I never talked about God because they never talked about God. Right. So it's, but if to me, how is it? What was the thing that? made so your question yes of course you ask yourself like okay there are some principles that definitely deny god so they would say like it's all about god is in your brain you know there is a space there that says that that's actually where god is that is where uh, that is um, activated when you think of god so if there is a place in your brain it has nothing to do with god doesn't actually exist or other things and i also graduated from political science so you can imagine yeah. But uh, I also saw it in my life. So I saw it in my life, how it helped me with my faith, with my relationship with God. Okay. It's with, for example, you're talking about habits. It's just like, what makes me go to church instead of forcing myself sometimes when I'm not, maybe I'm tired, maybe I'm dealing with my own things. Instead of forcing myself to go, I never regretted going. Well, once I was there, it was all good. Yeah. But once of forcing myself to do that, I would just keep an, an open heart and be curious about how it's going to be like. Yeah. And I that have, came from personal growth. I like that. And I've almost been wanting to meet somebody that I could ask that question to, to help give me permission to do them both. Because when I started learning about neuropathways and how they're developed through trauma, and how that trauma causes us to self-sabotage and so many other psychological aspects to personal growth and development, things that I never learned in the Bible or in church. I'll be honest with you, Lucia, there was a season where I, I was bitter. I was a little bit bitter. I was angry because those very minute details on the psychology, I did not get them from my faith. And when I had to go outside of my faith and venture out there, that's when I found them. And I was upset that I couldn't have found those truths, those psychological truths that helped me so much in my faith. And there was a season where I felt like I was letting one go to embrace the other. And I've never been okay with that because I don't want to ever let go of my faith in Christ or the work that God has done in me 
to embrace personal growth and development and psychology. I want to find a way to blend the two of them together to where God is glorified in the work, but I can bring knowledge from psychology and personal growth development into my faith to help me be a better Christian man. Does that make sense? It does. The thing with, I think, mm -hmm. the, uh, the problem is that in during university, if you study psychology, they, they, they kind of deny God from what I know. I didn't, I didn't go to. I didn't go to college for it. Just my but own study. What? Yeah. And the thing is, like, you did your own study, but you studied people who went to university. Probably. Yeah, probably so. they yeah. studied that. And that's the, that's the thing. So they came with, the, a lot of them come with to this idea that um you have to, i mean if, how can god be there like if you can go through or uh, like get over trauma through therapy but you know what therapy doesn't save us doesn't save our souls that's it yeah and god when the bible was created was not created for us to get over our childhood trauma it was created to save our souls yeah and with questions mm -hmm. with care even before psychology was discovered um there were still ways for people to get over trauma it was a different way um but it was still there was still a way so if we pray to god for example when i was going through before i went to therapy my for the first time i prayed to god and i said god i need help and god did not just turned my soul and be like completely healed of anything and like what I was going through and say like okay here you go Lujak I'm, I'm thank you for coming to me I'm so I'm so happy you did like here you go no I just found the right uh right psychologist who is an atheist so it's not a Christian yeah. And I, I'm not denying what she did and I'm not going to say she's not a good profession just because she doesn't believe in God. Right. She helped me, but I also know that God helped me find her. Thank you. That's that's how you connect the dots. Maybe me wandering into personal growth and development to learn all of that stuff was a gift from God. He let me follow a trail to learn some things and then bring them bring them back with me in my faith. Yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, Lucia, this has been an amazing interview. I know we kind of went over time a little bit, um, but I thank you for hanging on. So if people want to get in touch with you, um, maybe have a discovery call with you or see if coaching, you know, life coaching with you is something they want to pursue. How can they, how can they reach out and get in touch with you? So it's uh, my first name. Uh, should I spell it? It's easier. Uh, you, you, uh, you can, can find me on on Facebook. So it's my first name uh, and my last name. And you can find me with that. It's L-U-C-I-A. And last name is D-U-M-E-N-I-C-A. Uh, and LinkedIn is the same. Um, and you can find me. But if you want to check on Instagram, it's Life Coach Lucia. Life Coach Lucia. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's where I found you. And I would encourage um, anybody to go to her Facebook page and check out all of her content. I actually have not found anybody with as much personal growth and development content on their Facebook page as you. Like I spent all morning on your Facebook page, just going through your videos and all of that stuff. And I think it's cool that you do them in two different languages and stuff like that. 
But um, yeah, again, this has been a great interview and um, I'll get it uh, edited and get it up on the podcast here pretty quick. And I'll send you a link once it's up there. And uh, I hope to be in touch with you again. And maybe we can do this again, if that's all right with you. That sounds great. Thank you so much for the invitation, Nick. And it was really a pleasure talking to you. I don't, I don't have a watch, so I don't even know what time is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got, I got a little one downstairs. I'm going to go check on real quick. But yeah, it's been really good. And I get something good out of these every time. And uh, I'll reach out soon and be in touch. Thanks again. Thank you. Yeah. Have a lovely day, everyone. Bye, Nick. Yeah, awesome. Yeah.